There's food all over Perfect Day. There's a whole water park in, in Perfect Day. Um, there are a couple venues that have upgraded food offerings. Like there's a whole restaurant that's just for like wings, that there's additional charge for that. Ooh, wings. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I love me some chicken wings. Come on. Don't love me. Man, that is the show opener right there. Ooh, wings. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to this week's live bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And Sam, we're back. We're live. We were not here last week because we were in the city of New, New Orleans, Orleans. Preston City, right? Yes. And, uh, but we, we were here drinking the- hurricanes. Sorry, guys. We were. I have photo <laughs> evidence. Uh, and we are, but we're back for the next, I think, five or six weeks straight live, no vacations planned. So mark your calendars now, 5.30 p.m., Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, every Monday night, we will be alive uh, unless we can't find good guests or we have nothing to say. So uh, with Sam around... will be rare. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I want to do one thing before we bring our fabulous guests in for tonight's conversation, which I just want to thank our Patreons. I like to give them a shout out every so often. If you're not familiar, we have a Patreon uh, group or a Patreon program. You can head to patreon.com slash DCL Duo. We have some support tiers. And uh, these are folks who financially support us every month Uh, to help make this show happen. And so just in no particular order, I want to thank Emily Abbott, Chris Wynn, the Dillos Diz. Thanks thanks out there to the Dillos. Uh, Heather Wilson, Sonia, Edward Lynn, Christine Christensen, Robert Taylor, Beth Gentry, Chris Brown, Derek Sassman, Sean Burns, Thomas Rogers, Ann Witten, Michael Kunzelman, Dennis Keithley, Robbie and Jillian Abney, Ashley Darling, Cindy Leichner, Robert Estrada, Vicky Sue, Doug Young, Gail Hartleroad, Ashley Norton, uh, Adrian and Emily Van Zuli, Maureen Cromer, Drew Curry, Shannon Merritt, C.T. Sweek, Susie Cooper, Christopher Vorobeck, uh, Karen Frankie, our favorite Josh Wilson, Dave Hale, <laughs> Brett Gresham, Chad Swindell, Jim and Deb Mason, Jennifer Swartz, Jessica Fell, Chris Braga, Steve Elsis. Thank you to all of you. Some of you I know there have dropped no off. There are no favorites, Brian. There, there are no, no favorites. favorites. There are no favorites. I know some of you have dropped off in support, but I wanted to thank everybody who had supported us financially. So thank you uh, for supporting the show. Uh, and if you're interested, head over to patreon.com slash DCL do it to learn more. Speaking about uh, fabulous show sponsors, uh, I want to bring in Karen and Kaylee from My Path Unwinding Travel. Welcome. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Welcome, ladies. We're so excited. So as Brian mentioned, Karen, and many of you have seen her on our show before, heard her on our show before. She is the owner of My Path Unwinding Travel, travel advisor extraordinaire. She's running our DCL Duo podcast cruise. I mean, she is the brains behind everything My Path Unwinding Travel. And then, of course, we have a wonderful travel advisor from My Path Unwinding. Some of you have also also heard Kaylee on our show because she's been on it too. And uh, we met both Karen and Kaylee on our first time sailing concierge out of the city of New Orleans, actually. on That was on the Disney Wonder. Now only the Disney Magic seems to be coming to New Orleans. But we're so happy to have you guys back on the show. And we're really so excited, excited to be here. Yeah. And we're really excited to do like a, a head-to-head matchup talking about Disney Cruise Line and Royal Caribbean. Um, but before we well, get to the, well, wait. the topic... I 
I want to make this show all about getting Sam psyched for her first <laughs> Royal Caribbean sailing because I need her to go in with at least some good vibes. So maybe we scale it again. For everyone out there, I do want to say we've been doing a lot of these compare contrast shows. I, I said this in a post earlier today. We still love Disney. All right. We're yeah. still diehard <laughs> Disney fans, but we love to bring you what else is out there so you know what you can do with your vacation dollars. So excited to start this uh, Royal Caribbean show. Sam, I cut you off. Keep going. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so I was saying I'm I'm actually a little trepidatious, as Brian sort of seemed to mention, about going on Royal Caribbean. But uh, we wanted to bring on some experts to talk to us about the differences between Royal and Disney. And before we dive into that topic, we have to get Kaylee and Karen to tell us a little bit about their cruising background. Of course, I, as I mentioned, we've had them on the show before, but I think it'd be great for our audience to have sort of an update of, you know, what cruise lines have they been on and, um, you know, uh, to, so that people can understand what experience they have personally. And then, of course, they obviously book cruises for their customers, uh, for clients um, on these both of these cruise lines um, a lot. So, Karen, why don't we start with you? Sure thing. Thank you. So I always like to say that Disney is at the heart of my path unwinding travel. If people pay attention, they'll understand the reference to where our agency name has come from. <laughs> um, but we we get Disney travelers and we help Disney travelers uh, put their toes in the water into new experiences. So while I have been on at least 15 Disney cruises now on all the ships, I've also sailed on Norwegian Cruise Line, which was actually my very first cruise on my honeymoon, um, Royal Caribbean, uh, Celebrity, Princess, Virgin, uh, Holland America. I uh, think that might cover a carnival years ago. I'll have to admit that I sailed on carnival. <laughs> <laughs> and you've and, done river cruises as well, right? And and yes, I've sailed on, on the waterways for river cruising. I'm about to go to a river cruise expo and tour about 10 different ships and sail on some new ones. So um, yeah, a pretty good depth of cruise experience. Awesome. Kaylee, why don't you tell folks where you have sailed and what you book as well? Sure. So um, my family has been sailing with Disney Cruise Line for about... About 10 years now and we're um, platinum castaway club members and we've also been on all ships um my husband and i sailed on royal caribbean for our very first cruise it was our honeymoon uh, many many years ago and we've also been on celebrity um many years ago and recently we sailed on virgin had a great time uh we're rebooked for that for later this year and um recently we did royal with the My Path Unwinding Travel group cruise. Yeah. So, so, and I've also done some river cruising. I've been on Alma Waterways as well. So let's dive in with that. So, you all sailed, I know it was this past November on the Allure of the Seas on Royal Caribbean. Why, why did you choose um, that ship and that? Um, and then, why did you choose Royal Caribbean in particular, Karen, for that group cruise for, for the travel agency? Great question. So we have a lot of crossover between Royal Caribbean and Disney Cruise Line. We, you know, see a lot of folks that uh, sail on Disney and are thinking, well, maybe I should try something different. Um, maybe there'll be a better value on a different cruise line. And then there's Royal Caribbean cruisers that are also looking for maybe a different experience. And I think they're probably their closest competitors. 
And we chose the Allure in November because it was the first time that the Oasis-class ships were sailing on three and four night itineraries. So it was a great opportunity to bring in all of our Disney clients to say, hey, this is a time where you can try one of the newer class of Royal Caribbean ships just for four nights, because before you have to commit to seven. (laughs) Good call. um, So we really wanted to bring in, and the vast majority of the the people that came on the group with us were new to Royal Caribbean and had been really kind of, you know, loyal Disney cruisers. And we're ready to give it a try with me and Kaylee and some of our our other advisors there by their side, telling them that it's going to be okay. (laughs) It was easier to dip their toes in, in the comfort of a Disney group of people that they knew had that shared interest for sure. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rabbit hole on the price point just yet. I do want to ask though, Royal has a very expansive fleet. And my sense is when people think they can get a deal on a cruise, it might be on kind of an older ship doing a shorter itinerary versus some of the newer ships. Can you talk a little bit about like Royals differentiation in kind of ship sizes and classes and also their approach to upkeep and maintenance on some of their, on some of their ships? Uh, Just, you know, some of the older ships, do they look older or are they like Disney where they're being refreshed quite often? So this Royal Caribbean had a, um, amplification of many of their ships over the last few years. So some of their old ships have sort of what Disney would have called a reimagining. They did some similar things where they added some water features or updated some of their restaurants. Um, There is literally, I should have pulled it out, a whole, what, Kaylee, like a 200-page spiral travel advisor guide (laughs) that we have um, with all the different ship classes and distinctions. And it is, I mean, it is a lot to keep up with because their fleet is, is so much bigger. Um, you know, they, they just celebrated their 50th anniversary as a cruise line and, um, they don't have, you know, some of the, like the original ship that I sailed on isn't still there, (laughs) but, um, but they do have a ship that's around the same, you know, some ships that are probably around the same age as the magic. And, Mm -hmm. I feel like um, with the reimagining, they have done a good job. It's not like you're feeling like you're, you know, walking into this old, you know, Motel 6 ship. Um, They do, uh, you know, keep them refreshed and updated. Maybe not quite to the same particularness that Disney would. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my sense too is that they, I've, I've heard, and maybe I'm thinking about a different cruise line, they don't emphasize like stateroom upgrades very often. Like they're really looking for public space upgrades. So we've heard from folks who've sailed on some of the older ships who'd say, you know, the stateroom looks like the, I won't say original stateroom, but older stateroom. Is that your sense too, Karen, that like they spend most of their investment in the public spaces and not in the staterooms? I think it's varied from ship to ship, but yes, I think oh, in general, that might be the case for the older ships. The rooms might feel a little more dated. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when you had um, Margaret and Sarah on talking about the icon of the seas recently, I think they talked about how great the showers are on the new <laughs> yeah. icon of the seas. And I mean, you know, that's just something that everybody's raving about. So obviously the older ships still have kind of the smaller, you know, the smaller bathrooms, mm-hmm. um, you know, the tighter, the tighter quarters and, you know, might have some more of the dated, you know, colors and theming and things like that 
Yeah. Now, Kaylee, why don't we talk about demographics? Like who sails on Royal versus who sails on Disney? Are they the same cruiser? Are they different cruiser like age? Um, you know, are, I mean, I, my expectation is they're not that different, but they're I don't pretty know. similar. That's my feeling. And that's my experience as well is they're pretty similar. It's a lot of families. It's a lot of people who are looking for fun things for the kids to do and those, you know, sort of thrill activities or the rock climbing wall or the bumper cars or the, you know, extreme slides or things like that. Um, as Karen said, on our group cruise, it was a bunch of, you know, sort of Disney, um, Disney friends and family. And uh, <laughs> it was a lot of like empty nesters and adults with no kids. And um, so I would say it's pretty comparable in my experience. Yeah. 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 Let's, we do see, we do see a lot of adults, um, you know, older adults that are very, they say loyal to Royal and they're extremely loyal to Royal um, because there are some kind of earlier or lower entry points on Royal Caribbean. We do sometimes see, you know, maybe more honeymooners or mm -hmm. uh, groups of younger, you know, younger professionals uh, traveling without kids, you know, early, early marrieds or, or singles. It's definitely not, a singles cruise in that way. Right, right. <laughs> but um, and I, I would say a broader, I would say length of itinerary and, you know, where the ship is going also plays a big role. You know, a three or four night is going to have a different demographic than a longer yeah. uh, sailing for sure. That makes a big difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about one place where I know Royal, well, there's lots of places where I know Royal differs, but one place they differ up front is you can book a Royal Caribbean cruise out until like 2025 easily, maybe even some 2026. I, I haven't looked recently. They they just released some 2026 um, <laughs> Long Caribbeans. Um, not everything is out yet, but through April or May 2026, we have most of the fleet out. Um, and so, yeah, definitely wow. it's um, they've released it in kind of different segments, but um, you definitely book well in advance. And somewhat yeah. quietly, there's not really the same splashy announcement of, you know, <laughs> the releases as the waiter is with Disney Group One. Well, they don't, yeah. they don't it's have not the same rope drop culture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and they, and they don't have the tiered booking process and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So that's, that's a difference for Disney cruisers is you can, uh, you can actually book a sailing more than, uh, what are we, what are we up to now? Just spring of 2025. So yeah, we're, we're still waiting for we've, summer. We're basically, we're basically down to like 12 months of availability at this point. Well, <laughs> so it's, yeah, a little it's, a, it's a little bit more. It's like 14 months right now that we've got of, of Disney cruise line. Don't get too far ahead of yourself, Disney. 14 yeah. <laughs> whole months. Um, well, so another thing that I think Royal differentiates on is, uh, is staterooms. And, um, I think they've got a lot more and different types of staterooms on some of the the ships. I don't know, Karen Kelly, what do you think about the stateroom offerings on on Royal? My sense is there's just there's a lot to choose from on some of these ships. There is a lot to choose from and it is staggering to try to figure out all of the categories. I mean, obviously there are the general categories inside Ocean View, Veranda, Suite, I guess. Um but within those categories there are um <laughs> many, many tiers. Mm -hmm. I guess Karen could probably speak to that a little more. Oh, and you know, you're, you're right on there, Kaylee. And what's interesting about Royal Caribbean is that their room categories are specific to occupancy. And so they, if you are searching for a cruise for three 
They will not show you rooms that are just for two, even though obviously, you know, or, or vice versa. If you're looking for two, they will not show you a room that could hold three and you oh, cannot book it. So um, it can be frustrating when you're searching and you're saying, well, you know, I can see this one room, but not the other. Why not? Or why can't I get connecting? Um, it's because they're very specific in how they manage their room inventory and their occupancies. Mm-hmm. So um, the other, I think, difference is uh, it's changing some with some of the newer ships, but Royal has much fewer connecting rooms oh, than Disney. And many of the older ships do not have any rooms for five. The newer ships do, but they're fewer. So, you know, where Disney has a large proportion of their inventory can accommodate a family of five. It's not true for Royal Caribbean. Right. So then you're booking, you have to book two rooms and hope that you get rooms that are adjoining or at least rooms that are next door to each other. I guess you can, you know, try and book rooms next to each other. And I have to put up on screen another key difference to Royal Caribbean, which is you can get, if you, if you are not a, a family that needs to sleep together, you can get the bed split up. So this room, what does this room hold, Karen? I'm, I'm assuming it holds three with the pullout. I think, I think that is um, a triple, yes. And so that couch does convert just to a single and there is not a drop down bunk in that room. So not every Royal Caribbean room has the drop down and that bed is convertible. So you can indicate that on your reservation or tell your cabin attendant, your stateroom attendant when you get there, that little tiny um, nightstand in between the beds can be removed and then they make it up as one, you know, large bed if you prefer, mm-hmm. or you can have that little, little space in between and have it separated. Yeah. Uh, this and that is, is true this... on almost all of the rooms, except some of the suites have beds that do not separate. Yeah. I think this is a nice feature for adults who sail without you know, a spouse, right? So that's, there's one thing, you know, on Disney, those beds are, they're stuck together. There's, there's not two beds, there's one bed. And so if you are, let's say adult brother and sister or adult friends, not a couple and you don't want, or adult child and adult parent, right? You might not want to be kicked in the middle of the night. This is kind of a nice option that doesn't exist on Disney. On Disney, if you're only two in the cabin, you will have another bed in that you can, be on that, you know, the the couch bed that sort of folds sideways. That's a nice option. Um, I will tell you that pull-down bunk bed is not meant for adults. Um, I have, I have, I slept up there one night, one time just to try it. And it was, it's short and it's like a foam mattress thing. It's not like a real mattress. It's fine for Nathan at, you know, 10 years old, say, but not for me. <laughs> I will say the only thing that drives me crazy about these beds is the rounded bottom because <laughs> where they're split up like this, when Nathan and I sail, they're split up like this. And it feels like I've got a full bed on half the bed and like a partially full bed on the other side. I agree. The rounded beds are weird. I agree. <laughs> so it is, it's a little weird looking, but from a yeah. practical sense for two yeah. adults who aren't married, it's probably a nice thing. So CT wants to know what the charging po- ports look like across the various brands and class of ship. I think that's probably going to be pretty hard to answer for Royal, given the number <laughs> of, of ship classes that they have. You can, I can kind of see here, there's definitely some USB ports happening on that lamp right there, but I don't, I don't know, Karen, <laughs> Bailey, if you uh, had any feedback on the number of like 
abilities to charge electronic items in the state. It's it's not uniform on Disney either, by the way. On the older yeah. ships, like yeah. if you've got a room that's been updated, you might have some USB plug-in ports, but otherwise you're just gonna have regular, you know, plugs. Um, whereas on like the Wish, for example, there's like USB ports everywhere. So we were in that- the we were in the um the owner's panoramic suite, which is a star class suite when we were on um, Allure. And there were literally two outlets in our entire suite. And one was in like the guest bathroom and one was in the regular bathroom. It was very frustrating. And it was, I felt like the room that we were in actually used to be the pinnacle lounge for um, repeat cruisers with Royal. And it was um, in the last re-amplification, it was changed to a suite. So my, the um, the entire aesthetic of my room was very different than any of the other suites that I saw with anyone near us. And I thought that was a real oversight in my <laughs> room that there were only two outlets. That's crazy. Wow. You know, in wow. Disney, I used to bring one of the USB with the multiple chargers. And I, if I had had that, it would have been great. But we were taking turns with phones and electronics and it was frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have to. I have to show this comment. Who <laughs> Linda is saying? Been on three cruises and have yet to be the adult to get the big bed. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then on a more serious note here, um, who is asking? So the different classes of staterooms on Royal. So if you're a Disney fan and you're used to sailing in those, you know, those family they hold up to five. Uh, you know, what kind of stateroom should people be looking out for on Royal? So I think it's really going to depend on who is traveling with you. One thing that's really important to know is that the, uh, I I like to say that the uh, junior suites on Royal are the closest, closest equivalent to the deluxe family verandas on the Disney cruise line. So, because if you look at the size of the staterooms, most of the Royal staterooms are smaller in general than those Mm -hmm. on Disney. So if you're looking for that size, then you probably need a junior suite, but it's going to depend again on the ship because now there's some new oversized balcony categories. And there's even like, um, you know, oversized inside rooms. Like they have so many different categories that we really just kind of need to dive in for, you know, each situation and figure out what makes the most sense. Well, well, an icon and star, it seemed like, it seems like Royal got the memo from Disney (laughs) because on icon and star, they're starting to put these family style suites in. And I I don't mean that Mm -hmm. like crazy grand family suite that they have. Yeah. The ultimate family suite, but they've got some that have like two bunk beds and then a space for the parents to sleep and like bunk beds, meaning like permanent bunk beds, like a little room, or they had one that was like, it has a little TV room where the couch converts into like a, a bed that can hold two kids. And so it seems like, they're starting to learn a little bit here on the newer ships. Is that fair? They're they're slow to learn. As a travel <laughs> advisor, it's very frustrating that they created this great surfside family suite it, with what you just described, a little nook with for the kids. And then they had to go back after everybody booked when they launched the icon, they had to go back and warn everybody that that sofa bed really only can sleep like 
two little kids and not oh and not, and not two, two regular size kids yeah, yeah yeah they actually sent an email to warn everybody that oh, it's yeah. not very large and they still don't have enough rooms for five and their rooms for four especially in suites um some of the suites a lot of the suites have a double sofa bed Mm. So, and that's how they expect to sleep the, like the two kids. And so it's kind of like, I mean, they're pretty nice the way they come out. Mm-hmm. Like it's like two twins, but they're still together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of families just don't want that. Yeah. So I, I still think, you know, that's a little bit of a, of a warning for some of our families. You know, we always like to ask about bedding because, you know, mm-hmm. for some families that can be a deal breaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. One last question on staterooms. Then we got to start talking about some other areas of the ship because on Royal, I don't think you spend much time in your stateroom or at least that's what they're going for. Um, any split bathrooms on Royal? I, th- I think I saw some on Icon, but any split? But it's probably not the norm, but yeah. I think it's, so. It is not the norm unless you... Um, there's a c- couple of like suite configurations that have some interesting bathroom setups, but not really in the same way that Disney has them. Um, yeah. But that is such a, you know, Disney almost has a patent on that. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, and and uh one more comment here. Chris is saying he stayed in the family infinite ocean view balcony on Icon. And while great in concept, there was not enough space in the second bathroom. Uh, and he also mentioned that the sh- closet space is the same for six people or two people or four people. So uh so yes, that's a that's a good pointer. Um let's move on to like like uh, stuff you do on the ship, and I want, but I want to start with someone asked us a question about what it's like booking in advance, right? Booking the activities and stuff because on Disney again, you got that rope drop culture. Everyone up at midnight, they're gonna, they're gonna get tiered their, booking. Yeah, times. they're gonna get their yeah. their, their, their commandos and all that sort of stuff. And so, um, what is it like on uh, on Royal Caribbean to book the stuff in advance of your cruise? And frankly, what do you need to book that you might not have to think about on a on a Disney cruise? It is very um, similar to the release of the sailings where things just sort of randomly appear in the cruise planner and you sort of have to be checking and logging in every few days as you get closer and closer to your cruise. Um, we found that when we were planning as a group and we were chatting amongst you know our group often, Mm-hmm. And if somebody happened upon something that, you know, showed up in Cruise Planner, then everybody sort of scurried to um, to get that, you know, booked if it was something that they wanted. Yeah. Now, do you book like shows in advance? I know you have to I know one thing you can book is is specialty dining. Um, but are there like shows or other things that are not, let's say, port excursions? Because obviously port excursions on whatever cruise line you're booking, you have to book in advance I mean, you I, you might be able to book on board, but in general, you have to book in advance. But are there other things that you do book in advance on Royal that you wouldn't maybe on Disney? You do book all the shows. Um, and it's the same sort of concept where things do sell out online and relatively quickly, but there is inventory for those things available once you board. Mm-hmm. So the panic that you might feel when something is sold out is not necessarily accurate. Um, but yes, you, it's not, um, for this, for the shows, it's just the seat that you're reserving. There's generally not a cost mm-hmm. I think, for all of them. Right. Um, and then specialty dining. And like you said, um, spa or port adventures. Um, if you're going to perfect day at Coco Cay, then obviously Banas, if that's on your, if that's on your radar would be a big one to keep an eye out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and water park tickets. If you want to go to the water park yep. at Coco Cay, which is a huge part right. of it, 
going to go there. That's extra. Let's talk about something that you don't have to book on Disney, but that people talk a lot about drink packages <laughs> uh, on Royal. Um, I'll say that I went on, Sam messaged me the other day. And she says the drink packages are 30% off. Go check it out. And so I was like, all right. I I'll, did. I'll, I'll, I did tell I'll him because I saw it in our Facebook group, which yeah. by the way, we have a Facebook group for our the Royal Sailing we're doing in April. It's like, Crickets, crickets though it's not Total like crickets. it's not like the disney facebook groups where people are constantly asking questions and posting about things and doing you know movie brackets that kaylee does in her facebook groups and things like that so it's completely different but i did notice somebody posted there was a single post the other day and it was about well, drink and, packages and what's interesting about royal right is and i think you, you said this is you can start booking stuff as soon as you book the cruise like if it's out there and it's available and they kind of dribble it out and new stuff becomes available and you can just kind of book things as you go you pay for it at the time you book it mm -hmm. which is very different than disney cruise line but you can cancel it and rebook it at a lower price. They're constantly doing sales. So I just, when Sam said the drink package had gone on sale, it was a better deal than what we had booked it originally. Um, but for, for drinks specifically, I want to talk about this for a second because unlike Disney, there's no free soda on board, uh, even in main dining. Uh, there is, I think we were talking off air, there is some free, you know, like water and things like that. Uh, iced obviously, tea. <laughs> iced tea. Iced tea. Listen, yeah. I, I, what Water I asked about was Fill I your, needed to know about the iced tea availability because that's what I drink. Fill your and... Stanley in the sink in the stateroom, Sam. That's, that's, that's <laughs> for um, well, First of all, I don't have a Stanley. And for those who, who don't know me any better, this is my favorite drink of choice is Topo Chico, but that's yeah. not on board any cruise line <laughs> as far as I know. And so I, um, yeah, I drink iced tea outside of fizzy water and water. I drink iced tea all the time. So Hey, DCL Duo fans, you know, we get the question all the time, should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL duo so they know we sent you their way thanks my path unwinding for sponsoring the show and with that back to our episode so so but you so you can buy various levels of drink package i keep trying to come to this and sam keeps taking me off topic uh, you can buy various levels of drink package so you can get a soda only you can get uh you can buy water you can buy i think it was like non-alcoholic drinks in the alcoholic beverage package but i went online i priced these out and the reason i want to talk about this for a second is 30 percent off for two adults, for seven nights, for the all-inclusive drink package was like $1,400. And that was 30% off, right? That and was, I was like, crazy. When Brian told me that, so, I was like, there's no way I'm drinking $1,400 or $700 also, worth of liquor. It's <laughs> also worth mentioning that everyone in the stateroom has to have yeah. the same drink package. So right. if you have... Or every adult. If you guys want the drink yeah. package right. that has... 
you know, the the alcohol included, then everyone in the state room yeah. is getting the, what? you know, it's, top it's, tier. So I immediately went online. I was like, what is the average cost of a, a drink on Royal? And like beer was like six to eight bucks, which struck me as like not expen- relative. I mean, going out to a bar, you're going to pay six to eight bucks. And it was like the most More expensive drinks for like 14, $15 a drink, I think they were saying. And so I was like, all right, well, let's just say I drink the most expensive drinks every day of this cruise. It was like six to eight drinks. And I was trying to factor in the tip because the tip is included in the drink package. But I was like, it's like six-ish drinks a day of top shelf cocktails. And so I was trying to figure out, is it is it just not a good deal? Like, like who is this for? I think I it really <laughs> depends on okay. the person. Some people, um, it's not going to be worth it. Some people would rather have it all be prepaid and know mm, that it's fair point. That's done. I'd rather I'd rather pay more than I would pay out of pocket just to have it feel all inclusive and not have to look at that every time. Right. And remember, it also includes like your smoothies and your Starbucks and your bottled water, which you you know, I mean, maybe that's not the most environmentally friendly thing, but you can get you know, tons and tons of bottled water throughout. It works on the islands, your beverage package. So uh, you know, when you're on when you're on Coco Cay or Labadee, um, your beverage package applies out there. So I would say it's I don't know. I don't know the official numbers for Royal as to how many guests actually purchase it. I think for our clients, I would say more than half maybe 60%, two thirds or so end up getting the beverage packages just for the convenience. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're at sea all day, a lot of beverages can be consumed. It just, (laughs) it just makes it easier. You know, it just makes it easier. But, um, but on the other hand, you can be more strict with your budget and not get it. Yeah. And that helps keep the cost down. Yeah. Yeah. Sam, for your benefit, Chris is saying, Iced tea, he found iced tea included, but after 11 a.m. So there you go. It's taken care of potentially. Yeah, but I wanted it like 8 a.m. <laughs> well, brew your own, bring your son to get it the day before. before. Yeah. I'd love to get it the day before it, and get a cup of ice. Yeah. Chris is also saying he he was able to, they, I guess he shared a room with uh, two of his friends. He was able to get them to just let them get the soda package and and like what I, I would suspect that Royal would accommodate something if for for instance you called up and you said I you know I'm a recovering alcoholic uh my wife sometimes, wants a drink package I don't want it right kind of thing but yeah. sometimes they'll make exceptions yeah. I feel like they've been tightening up on that um yeah. I just you know the official policy is kind of we always have to say here's the official policy and then you know, we can advocate for a change to that policy or an exception, but you can't count yeah. on it. Yeah. Um, we should also point out that if your star class, which maybe we'll touch on, yeah. star class does include the beverage, the ultimate beverage package for everybody. In oh, the, interesting. In the but not yeah. sky class, right? Because so as I understand, correct. To, tell me if I'm understanding this correct. So Disney, we have one concierge class. We have every everybody who's in concierge. You might be in a royal suite. You might be in just a veranda, but you're all equal as far as food and and wine goes um, in the dining rooms and in the bars. Obviously, there's exceptions for what you can get served in your room. But on on Royal, you've got two classes of concierge, essentially. You've got Sky Class and Star Class. Is that right? There are actually three. There's C Class as well. 
So it goes, you know, the sea and then the sky and then the star. Oh, um, oh I, yeah, literally never. That never <laughs> occurred to me, Kaylee. So I'm so glad. As, you a, said as that. opposed to the it's silver sky and star. Right. As opposed like to the silver, the gold, the platinum pearl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 because that's Castaway Club. That's different. No, it's loyalty. Know, but, but really, we can easily ignore C because C is for junior suite and uh, it really okay. has minimal benefit. It's just a room so difference. It, it's room. It includes Coastal Kitchen, which is the sweet uh, restaurant. But other than that, only. But not well. True, unlimited. It's kind of like it, we might give you Coastal Kitchen if it's. I think available. it's dinner only, or yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's so you can't really count on it. Um, yeah. But um, both Sky and Star have access to the Concierge Lounge and to Coastal Kitchen, which is a private suite dining room mm-hmm. that is open to all concierge guests, including kids, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And um, there is a concierge lounge that has a coffee machine and has an open bar during the evening and that sort of thing. Um, and then there's priority access to shows, priority seating, priority reservations, um, priority boarding, um, some different benefits along those lines. And then when you get to star, um, in addition to what we just mentioned, it is truly all-inclusive with all of your beverages and all specialty dining and a personal genie. Oh, yeah, genie. that's like your butler thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That sounds pretty amazing. Yeah. Right. Uh, I t- uh, so I want to talk about stuff to do on board because Royal ships are usually chocked full of stuff to do on board. Water parks. They had this the, the zip line-ish kind of thing out on the icon. Yeah, what should people expect? Right. I don't think Royal has go-karts. I think Norwegian has go-karts. I'm not sure. Royal, Royal Royal does have some bumper cars on certain ships. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what should folks expect if they're booking? Let, let's talk about kind of the, not, not just icon, but kind of the Oasis icon class of ships, because I think that's where people are probably looking to book primarily. Um, what should they expect in terms of things to get up to on board? Is it more than what you would see on Disney or is it just different? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. That's a good answer, Kaylee. Like yeah, it. that's right. It's more and different. Yeah. It's more and different. I mean, it is, you know, my husband and I were chatting about this earlier tonight before the show, and it is, there's truly something for anyone to do on a royal ship, sort of almost at any hour. From like we were talking about the extreme things like rope climbing, I'm sorry, rock wall climbing and zip lining and the bumper cars to, you know, the carousel and the ice cream shops and the aqua shows. I mean, there just is always something going on. We had not been on Royal in a long time and we were on a class of ship that is, I think, no longer in existence. And it felt when we were on Allure, which is Oasis class, like we were in Vegas. Like it was just like we were sort of walking around with stars in our eyes the whole time. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I know Sam's going to be excited about karaoke I mean, but you know, we've no, got, no, no, we've but, got but, crazy karaoke on Disney. We've got spotlight karaoke no, 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 on but, Royal. But wait a second. I saw oh, on, on the Royal ship that we were on, they had live band karaoke. Ooh, there's really nothing better than... Live band karaoke is absolutely the best. And what, yeah. I mean, the thing about that karaoke um, spot is that it's a dedicated karaoke lounge. Oh, it's so, always karaoke all it's the time. Always karaoke. 
Now they okay, might. I'm sold. Like, I'm sold. They might also have like a trivia. Like I think I remember right. Harv and I earlier in the day at a trivia in it earlier. But it's like every night is karaoke night, all like yeah. for hours, you know, in the karaoke lounge. So you have that. But then, I mean, I'm just thinking back, Kaylee. Remember how like we all went and sat and listened to some like live jazz. <laughs> and- yep. And, you know, it's like you can kind of like lounge hop. You can go listen to some live jazz and then you can mm-hmm. go down to the English pub and listen to like the the guitarist singing, singing songs and like ballads. And then you can go kind of more. To you like can go dancing. Show. It's really everything. Yeah. Like literally, like I feel like in one night I like hopped from silent disco to the guitarist to the jazz, you know, the jazz thing. Like, you know, it just, I mean, seemed crazy, but, you know. All of that is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So more stuff going on, it seems like, at once than maybe what's happening on on Disney. Um, What You know, one thing that a lot of people, I think, want to know and and always ask about is, you know, besides, like, the soda and the drink package, are there things that uh, are, like, extra charge on Royal, right? So, yeah, Lauren asked this question. Besides soda, what else do you have to pay for on Royal that might be free or included or maybe doesn't exist on Disney Cruise Line? I mean, I haven't been on Royal yet. I, uh, the three of you have. The one thing that's popping out in my mind, I know, is the escape room. I know there there is no escape room on Disney, and I'm super looking forward to doing the escape room on Royal on the Allure because Brian and I both love escape rooms. I know that's an extra cost. What are the, what are some of the other things that are extra costs on Royal? I mean, we've got like specialty dining on both, but so that's an extra cost unless you're in the suite class, the highest level suite class. Um, but yeah, what are some other things? Yeah, it's going to vary from ship to ship, but um, you know, a lot of those kind of special activities do have an extra cost. Um, and you know, like you said, the escape room or um, uh, the eye fly, like skydiving kind of experience. Oh, yeah. Um, the flow rider is a cost, isn't it? I or is it just flow rider has open times? Okay. There's open times for flow rider because um, I definitely remember when we were sailing with um, a whole group of teenage boys a few years ago, they, you know, could all kind of line up and watch each other and, um, but I think you could pay for like private lesson on the flow mm. rider, for example. Oh, yes. It's, it's included. And then a private lesson is $70 per person. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it really, there's a few special activities that you would pay extra for. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things when you mentioned specialty dining that I think is a really important difference for families is that specialty dining for the vast majority are open to kids. Mm. And so you can take your kids to the Italian or to the teppanyaki or to um, the steakhouse. Take, take them to the chef's table because uh, they had a price for kids for the chef's table. I mean, we're yeah, not I think it's, in there, but yeah. I think it's <laughs> rare. Um, but you you could. Um, so you know, s- some people might think that's a pro. Some people might think that's a con. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is available, especially for people that you know want you know to experience the specialty dining on board, but still have meals with their kids. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, I know one activity that costs extra that we haven't talked about and is a huge difference between Disney Cruise Line and Royal, which is the casino. Uh, And so 
I want to highlight well, for and folks, arcade for kids, right? Uh, the arcade. Well, they're not the, the same casino. place, but yeah. I know. But it's the kids <laughs> version of the casino. But that's that what an arcade is. But, <laughs> right. but so so uh, Chris actually pointed out a helpful thing, which is you can get free drinks in the casino uh, at times. So that's yeah. uh, there's there's a way around the the drink pack. Yeah, problem. but you but, know uh, what that always means? It means the house is taking your money. Well, sure. Um, but I guess I found the casino no. on on indie to not be like it wasn't like when we were on Celebrity, you had to walk through the casino mm-hmm. to get to certain places on the ship. The Independence of the Seas, it was like kind of in the basement. I mean, it was there and it had a big sports bar and a bunch of stuff. And it was a place to go hang out. We did. But I didn't feel like I had to go to the casino to get anywhere on the ship. Is that true across kind of the, you know, the Oasis and Icon class as well? Oh. All of the newer ships are like that, where you really don't ever have to walk through. I remember that, you know, back in the day, like you, you know, you had to, they kind of funneled you through. um, And, you know, you were going through that smoky, you know, area. But now they're kind of, you know, lower level and you could completely avoid it if you want. And they have non-smoking areas, which Mm -hmm. is great. They've done a much better job. They've improved that in terms of having, you know, good separation from non-smoking and smoking mm-hmm. yeah yeah sam mentioned the arcade uh and i i don't think we can do a compare contrast with royal without talking about kids spaces kids activities kids clubs uh we talked about this a bit on the show we did last week and sort of some of the differences but as you think about you know talking to a family that's going to sail with their kids um I don't know what what advice do you have for them if they've been on Disney previously and they've got those great kids clubs and it's drop off and you know all that sort of stuff. Like, what do you tell them to think about as they come to Royal? Because I think there are some pretty key differences between the kids clubs, for instance, on on board the two lines. Yeah, I mean there are there are a vast um, you know um, array of kids programming and opportunities across all ages. Um, It's not going to compare to Disney. There's just, we'll just put it right out there. Um, (laughs) I will say for my family, like the thing that was so um, magic about the kids club for my daughter was that it really allowed her to sort of immerse in these stories that she knew and surround herself with these characters. And we, my husband and I went on Allure, um, just the two of us, but we walked through the kids' faces and checked them all out. And they're just sort of generic, like they were fun and colorful and there were kids having a good time. Um, but I think that's the number one thing that's a huge difference is you're not going to have that theming and that mm-hmm. sort of immersive magic that many Disney families really, really love about the kids clubs. Yeah. So, and, and a I, counterpoint to that, though, and I think your guest on the other show did a really good job of talking about some of those differences, um, is that. For some families, it's a plus that it's less stimulating and that the kids' spaces are simpler and they might feel less chaotic because of that. So it's just going to really vary, um, you know, based on what's important to your family. Yeah. I think one thing that's really probably a plus for Royal is the way that they split up the kids in different age groups in sort of smaller um, bundles, right, than Disney does. Disney has sort of this very wide age range for the now three to 10 year olds used to be three to 12 year olds. And a three year old and a 10 year old obviously have very little in common. So the kind of programming you do for those kids 
kids, um, you know, they're offering the same for everyone on Disney, whereas on Royal, they're having more differentiation. I will say to answer Patrizia's question, my sister actually sailed on Royal recently with two young children, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. They were at the time actually one and three. So they were both in diapers. They were both in the nursery on Royal, and they actually thought that the nursery was fantastic on Royal. So they had a really good experience, very attentive caregivers and very, you know, sort of a small space, not like super themed, but really good programming, they felt. And for those who may be listening after Patricia's question, which Sam uh, mentioned was just, is Royal, are Royal ships good for sort of younger kids and how do they get yes. Disney? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. We got two, actually like three major categories of things still yet to cover. <laughs> uh, one is, um, I want to talk about shows uh, on board and, you know, up until Icon, I feel like Royals shows were a lot of reviews and things like that. Although I think they had Broadway shows on the Oasis class ships. Uh, I, I noticed they had um, the Wizard of Oz on the Icon. So again, you know, yep, seemed to have gotten the memo. Mia. Yeah, seemed to have gotten the memo from Disney that you know just doing you know musical reviews wasn't cutting it. Um, how are you finding the entertainment on Royal today versus what Disney's offering? Is it on par or better or or worse or close? Or close, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we all might have some different perspectives on it. I um, I love Disney's stage shows, um, but I don't need to see them every time anymore because I've seen them and, like, you know, I'm good. Um, <laughs> but I know that they're really high quality, and if I go, I might cry. Um, <laughs> Royals, Royals Entertainment, I think, varies. I think that, you know, they're their flagship, you know, Broadway show, like Mamma Mia, um, like uh, Wizard of Oz, it, they do a fantastic job. And, you know, and it's repeated a few times during the course of the cruise, so everybody gets a chance to see it. Their aqua theater show is mind-blowing. There's nothing like it. Um, at sea, it is mesmerizing. I could probably watch that twice in the same cruise. And I would oh, wow. always go back to see that every sailing because even if it's the same show, it's just so incredibly fascinating to watch. But like you said, the other shows that they kind of fill in um, on in the main theater, some of these like variety type shows where they're trying to be innovative or creative, I, I think they're a lot of times a mess um, mm-hmm. and I don't bother to see them. Um, Kaylee, did you see the ice skating show on the Allure? We did. Yeah, we saw the ice skating show and it was it was great. It was very entertaining. It was amazing to have an ice skating rink on, on at sea. Um, I was blown away by Mamma Mia. I thought it was incredible. It was such an incredible production in every way. Um, but it was two and a half hours. Like you you can't compare That's the long. Disney shows yeah. that are, you know, 30, maybe 45. Um, we didn't go to the sort of environmental show, whatever that was, but we were also blown away by the aqua show. So the the entertainment was incredible. We were very, very impressed. So wait, the production <laughs> the production of Mamma Mia on board was two and a half hours? Yeah, it's, it's like the it's, it is the Broadway show, Brian. Oh they my god. It is the, the Broadway, Broadway show. show. There was there an was intermission. an intermission. Yeah. There was an intermission. You have, have to for that length of show. It was um, worth so, every single minute. It was it so was that good. It, it was wow. amazing. I cr- was I did cry at Mama Mia. Also, it was okay. beautiful, and it was it was the talent was excellent. That was on Allure, um, right? 
on a lure. Okay. So I'm yeah, so I guess I have to go see Mamma Mia because I'm telling you all, and I've said this on the podcast before, because we're going on the Oasis um in May. So we're going on Allure and then Oasis. Um, I am not going to cats. You, nobody is going to pay. You cannot pay me enough money to go see cats. Okay. <laughs> the nice thing I about the Broadway time back. Karen, Karen mentioned that it is offered several times throughout the cruising, including I think at least one matinee. So there's like a two mm. o'clock nice. showing of it, which is really yeah. nice permitting that kind of time. Yeah. And I I'm, can't recall exactly which ship, but Greece is on one of, oh, Greece is on Harmony of the Seas. Yeah, I, I would I would Greece. probably sail on Harmony just to see Greece. I think that yeah. would be really fun. Agreed. Um, but also remember that there's a nightly comedian and there's a, there's a specific theater just for the comedian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. specific, a comedy uh, club. A comedy club. club yeah. A comedy club. And... Yes, yeah, so there's different venues for entertainment. Um, I feel like they're more and varied, you know, because you can have on a night where there's like the Aqua Theater show and the Broadway show kind of going. Um, and, you know, so there's always, you know, something. I don't feel like there was a night where it's like, oh, there's nothing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. well, and you mentioned, Karen, I mean, there's, there's venues. Uh, like the nightlife on board Royal is more lively than anything I've seen on Disney, maybe with the exception of Match Your Mate, because I can get a little rowdy. Um, but there's, there's venues to go listen to live music, multiple live music venues, lo- like lots of adult venues. The only thing I struggled with was the adult after hours stuff on Royal. Well, more than Disney, the kids clubs close at like 10 o'clock at night. So it's not like Disney where you can have the kids in the kids club until two o'clock in the morning while the adults are out watching the shows. Um, you, know, you got to have some place to you know, either your kids have to be old enough that you feel comfortable kind of leaving them in the stateroom or something like that. Uh, so I, that, that was the only place I kind of I kind of struggled. But um, dining, we got to talk dining. Um, Royal does not have rotational dining. They have one massive main dining room and then usually lots of venues throughout the ship that are a slight upcharge. I think we talked about up front, like you can buy a dining package that gives you, you know, not included entry into those, those venues. Um, Chris uh, pointed out that there are some venues on the pool deck that unlike Disney would be included on Royal. They're, they're an upcharge. Um, talk to us about how dining works on Royal and kind of the breadth of the food offering and and frankly how is main dining that's that's a question we hear a lot (laughs) (laughs) so royal has for their main dining option they have three options in terms of when you eat and that's kind of the same as disney where there's a main and a second like early and late and they have um, a third option that's called my time dining, which means every night you can show up to a diff- at a different time and you might have a small wait to get seated. You might sit with a different family or have a different server, um, but you can be more flexible with your dining. So um, that's an interesting option. Um, the main dining room, I feel like there's just opinions across the board and across the fleet on terms of the quality of the food in the main dining room. They have recently revamped the menus across the fleet to reduce the number of offerings, um, in an effort to, I think, increase the quality and the speed at which everything is served. Um, and you know, you'll see a lot of different feedback on it. I, some people are really happy and some people aren't, I think in general, 
you know, if you were going to take a survey, I think most people would say Disney's main dining room uh, food quality is better. Um, but I got to give Royal Caribbean the edge on the escargot. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Josh Wilson, Just actually. Like Josh. I love that. Yeah. But like, wow. and what's the what's the breadth of some of the specialty dining? I mean, they have chef's table. They've got the Italian restaurant, a steakhouse, hibachi grill. It, it's not uh, Carnival is the one that has the relationship with uh, Guy Fieri, right? They don't have uh, yeah. guys. For but Royal but... does have um, Johnny Rockets. Yep. Which um, is not really specialty dining, but it's an upcharge dining. Um, so, and, you know, that's kind of, you know, more casual fun. Um, they have, um, what was the 1900... 150 One, Central Park. Oh, 150 yes. Central Park. I wanted to say 1900 Park Fair. Park Fair. Yeah, no. venue. <laughs> it's not the Grand Floridian. <laughs> 150 Central Park is sort of like... I mean, it's not Remy. It's not any, it's not close to Remy, but it's more of their, that's their, I would say their finest dining kind mm -hmm. of French mm -hmm. flair. Um, on some of the ships, um, on the Wonder of the Seas, and I think on Icon, there's the Mason Jar, um, which is kind of Southern. And one of the fun things that they're doing on like the Wonder and the Icon is that they now have like, live music in these venues so the mason oh, jar has a bar and a restaurant and they might have like a fun like country rock band playing mm -hmm. um and then there's also um i haven't dined there yet but there's wonderland on some of the ships which is oh, um, that looks something great. that i really want to try that is kind of like that you know not everything interactive dinner interactive and things are not exactly as they yeah. seem you know about kind is of that the thing where they're like projecting on the table yes. and like people are like constructing your food and like yeah yes yeah. that's yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well no we got one question from Krauss mouse adventures asking about food allergies and how you know noting dcl is known for generally being very good with food allergies. Did you get any feedback from any clients maybe on the the cruise you all went on in November about how, yeah, how Royal is with food allergies? Were they, you know, similarly very accommodating? I don't know that I had any experience with that on with that crew or I, that I have with my clients. I mean, I feel like um, we had, you know, gluten questions every, you know, like Rob would say, he's, you know, <laughs> Gluten um, fussy. I think he's gluten, gluten fussy. fussy. <laughs> but, but but the reason that Rob was able that I recall Rob saying he was gluten fussy is because every time <laughs> we sat down for a meal, they did ask if there were any allergies. So oh, okay. I do so feel yeah. like you know I feel like there was the same level of attention to that, um, and. Um, you know, I feel like um, they, you know, have the, uh, the allergens appropriately noted on the menus. And, you know, I feel like I, I feel like it would be just as safe as Disney, honestly, um, despite, you know, Disney obviously has this great reputation. But I think I think Royal does a good job. Yeah. I, and I want to echo something that uh, Chris has said here in the comments. I think the buffet on Royal is is spectacular. Like they had so many choices to it. And I found the food to be pretty good. I mean, it compares to Disney's buffet in terms of quality. But the amount of choices that they had on that buffet, I thought was crazy. I will say the venue, 
is gigantic uh, to house the buffet for this many people. So, But also, um, I think you might have noticed, um, not every ship has this, but like on some of the ships, there's a second kind of healthier buffet, like in oh, the Solarium yeah. area. Like in the Solarium. So yeah. The Solarium has, you know, so that's, you know, a less overwhelming, smaller, you know, amount of, like fewer amount of choices. Buffet. Yeah. Right. How important? So, uh, the last topic I want to shift us to for a second is um, I, there's two actually, actually two topics here, but the last uh, sort of generic topic I want to shift us to is perfect day. Uh, you know, a lot of people say if I'm going on a Disney cruise, man, it's got to stop at Castaway Key, right? Uh, how important is perfect day? Do you think to the royal offering? I know they've got a new, you know, that strip of land in Nassau. They're talking about building a beach club on, but I don't think that that's anywhere near what it's going to be like. Perfect day, um, but. Yeah, talk to people about the the big differences around Perfect Day versus Castaway. And if you're going to take a Royal Cruise, is it like a must stop, or is it like if it's there, it's a great option? But you know, if it's not, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, you're going to have a great time. And I should also mention that Labadee, uh, which we're stopping at in in April, seems to have some kind of Royal sort of only presence. I don't know. So can you talk through like the private island offerings? I guess Perfect Day is incredible. Um, I was blown away. This was my first visit to Perfect Day. And as we were leading up to our cruise and I knew that multiple ships could be on the private island at the same day, I was sort of like, oh, no, no, this will be terrible. <laughs> and um, granted, we spent the day over at the Coco Cay Beach Club, um, but it did not feel massively crowded at all. Um, the offerings are everything from, you know... Uh, relaxing day in a cabana over water to these insane slides that you see um and the whole thrill water park it's just like i wouldn't say it's a deal breaker if an itinerary doesn't go to perfect day but you're gonna be blown away if you do mm. And the thing about Coco Cay is that there really is something for everyone. You can just walk off the ship and find, you know, a beach chair and you're good. You can find a chair at the Oasis pool, which is, you know, that's what I said, like the largest pool, you know, on a cruise island that's included and has a swim-up bar. Um, or now there's the new Hideaway Beach Club. That's an adult-only beach club with another pool and, you know, kind of that party vibe with some incredible, like, cabana options. Or you go to Cocoa Beach Club, which is, you know, higher end, incredible food offerings included when you're, when you have entry to, to the Cocoa Beach Club and has the, you know, the overwater cabana options. There's food all over Perfect Day. There's a whole water park in, in Perfect Day. Um, there are a couple venues that have upgraded food offerings. Like there's a whole restaurant that's just for like wings that there's additional charge for that. Ooh, wings. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'd love to eat some chicken wings. Come on. Don't love it. <laughs> Man, that is the show opener right there. Ooh, wings. <laughs> but, you know, the fancy secret menu that I heard about is that, you know, they have, um, they have like chicken tenders and, uh, cheese sticks and so what you like fried fried mozzarella sticks and so you can kind of get like a chicken parm sandwich because they'll put like all of that together on a bun and then you make like a chicken parm oh sandwich. my god you're speaking my love language karen <laughs> chicken so parm it's sandwich. kind of fun it's a little bit different than castaway um mm -hmm. but this is the ultimate with the the overwater cabana here that problem yeah yeah i i i 
I want to comment for real quick on Perfect Day since Nathan and I went, and I just want to echo: there was so much to do. I, you know, we didn't even see probably half of it. Certainly didn't see the like adult only areas. We didn't even get into the Cocoa Beach Club, uh, but the water park was amazing. Nathan loved it. Spent the morning there. Tickets are expensive. It's like one hundred and seventy nine dollars a person to get into the water park. Um, well, it, it's seasonal though, Brian. It's that, because sure. of the you were on a uh, high season cruise. Fair enough. Uh, we did the freshwater pool, which had a great swim up bar, and Nathan and his friends could, you know, his friend could just kind of play around. We went to the beach, and they had like offshore platforms that you could kind of jump off into the. It was, it was a jam packed day. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the key difference for me really remains at at uh, Castaway. Right, you pick your beach chair, and you're there. At Coco Key, it felt or Coco K. I don't. I'm getting confused. Now. Just say key. It's key is correct. At perfect Ryan. day. Uh, <laughs> you we. I felt like we were constantly kind of moving from space to space a little bit. Um, and so that was just that was different. I don't know that I loved it. I don't know that I you know didn't like it. Uh, the buffet or sorry, not the buffet. The barbecue was more expansive than what Disney has too. So that was kind of a nice thing. Um, I put the picture up of the overwater cabana because. Karen, you've been trying to convince us that Star Class is the way to go for a while now. Uh, Craig Morrill, who I know is out there watching, has been trying to convince me that Star Class is the way to go. Uh, before we dive into kind of the overall vibe and and you know value prop and all that sort of stuff, like t- talk to folks a little bit more. We touched on it earlier in the show, but talk to folks a little bit more about the level of pampering you will get in Star Class, and if you are a current Disney Cruise Line sailor who likes to sail concierge. I'll just say, I think for the money, you're getting a lot more on Royal, but I want to hear whether you agree or not, Karen. First of all, I have to say, this cabana can be yours with an inside cabin on Royal Caribbean. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I mean, I think that is a key differentiator because Mm -hmm. it's open to everybody. It's not like you have to be concierge to book it first. And so if you want to have, you know, a splurge, Getting it, you know, you can pay minimal for your cabin and splurge on this experience. So it's not like on Disney where it feels like you have to be in concierge now in order to experience the cabanas. Um, the experience in Star Class is extremely unique. Um, the the inclusions, you know, we already touched on. The service is at a much much higher level. Because, you know, at most, there's like 10 or 11 star class suites on any ship. And each Royal Genie has at most four staterooms oh, wow. to attend to. So, um, you know, they are literally your personal, you know, your your Genie. I mean, I think Kelly and I, we, we shared our same Genie. And I mean, Romina just would pop. <laughs> she was everywhere. She was magical. She was everywhere. And, and, you know, not only, you know, she just arranged all sorts of things. We talked about room service briefly or, you know, what you can get in a concierge experience on Disney with a happy hour. If you're in star class and your beverage package is included, you can have those espresso martinis delivered to your room <laughs> and waiting for you after the show with your hot tub ready to go. So, 
which was Kaylee's experience. Yeah. I had to test I, it out, you know. No, obviously. <laughs> for science, Kaylee. Way to, for, way to take one for the team, Kaylee. Way thank to take you, one for thank the team. You. Yeah. And, and Harv and I Harv and I asked to get have French fries and champagne waiting for us when we came off and our at our hot tub when we came off perfect day. Because that's my idea of a of a perfect day is you know, French fries in the afternoon. Oh, you so, know, truffle fries would make them even better, Karen. Oh. <laughs> Some of it for me did feel a little over the top. Like it was wild that you would come back at two o'clock in the afternoon to your room and your table would be covered with every type of like finger and appetite, finger food and appetizer you can imagine. <laughs> like things that maybe I didn't even want to eat. You know, I mean, it was like guacamole and chips and mozzarella sticks and pizza and and it was, no. I would, ra- personally, I would rather go to like the lounge and get the food yeah. and pick out what I want because it felt very wasteful. Mm. That is the only part of it that felt I was gonna weird say, to me. I was going to say, not that you didn't want to eat, Kaylee. It's just that you didn't know you wanted to eat it. It was kind of extra sometimes and not necessarily like, okay, we can, you know, hold off on this. We don't need it all. Um, like, you know, we were celebrating and it felt like, Okay, the celebrations just got more and more. Um, you know, I think there's a there's an important difference. Sky class on Royal, I think, and is probably closest to what Disney offers in terms mm-hmm. of concierge. And in that comparison, I think that for the most part, Disney concierge wins for i think two reasons that come to mind the first and overall most important is the people the relationship and the connection that you make with the concierge team on board disney in the concierge lounge is much different than the more transactional um role that concierge the concierge people play on world caribbean Mm-hmm. Um, so when you don't have the genie, the, the genie is the personalized differentiator. But when you don't ha- take out the genie from the equation, which is what you get in Sky Class, you it is really a lesser experience. There's than. a lounge and there are concierge mm-hmm. crew that are there to assist with anything that you might need, but you're not going to develop the same kind of connection. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that you could, but it's not going to be standard, right? It's just not... It, it feels more transactional, I think, is the best way of, of putting it. And because, you know, they have more more folks to handle, and I think there's fewer of them, and it's just a little bit of a different role. The other differentiator, I think, is in planning. Um, whereas concierge cruisers, you know, tend to be planners, and they're looking at that 130-day mark and putting in their requests for everything they want to do. And... Royal does not have a shoreside concierge team to reach out to ahead of your cruise. So you're kind of like planning what you can through the cruise personalizer ahead of time. And then for those that are in Sky Class, you're, they're going to reach out about seven days prior. Um, and, you know, it worked out for our group that, you know, they were kind of starting to get a little antsy. You know? <laughs> um, right. All these Disney planners. Yeah, yeah. right. They still got everything they wanted in terms of show times. And I think for the most part, specialty dining and requests all got taken care of. But it just feels a little different because you're working with a team that's actually on the ship. So they are kind of, you know, dealing with two different roles at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that 
you know, warm and fuzzy where you can call and talk to a really friendly person at Disney ahead of time. And, you know, you're just doing it by email with Royal. And so I think those are the differentiators there. But I mean, we had a lot of guests that were in Sky Class that were really, really excited. And I think the value of it, you know, is great. And so, you know, not everybody needs that warm and fuzzy. Yeah. Well, and, and a few things they offer in Sky on Royal, they don't offer in Concierge on Disney, right? Included internet, high-speed internet, which... Oh, yeah, we didn't even mention that. That's yeah, right. Yeah, because they have Starlink yeah. internet on board those ships. So it's yeah. blazing fast. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think... So what's interesting to me, and uh, then we'll move on, is just um, we booked a cruise in Concierge on the Fantasy for spring break this April. And I happened to go onto Royal Caribbean site. We're on the Oasis of the Sea. So by, you know, it's not Icon. It's not one of the newest ships. We're on ships. Allure. Allure, not Oasis, but... No, we're class. on... O- we are on Oasis for our, our spring break cruise. We're on Allure for our, our Memorial Day cruise. We are, Sam. Uh, and so okay. uh, uh, it was half the price. Half the price of Disney Concierge to sail on Royal. And in a similar stateroom, we were in like a one bedroom on the Fantasy. And this was like a loft kind of suite situation on Royal. So fairly similar. Um, and I was just like, I, ha, like, how does that happen? Right. <laughs> like, do, How does that happen, Disney? Like that, that seems like a that seems like a huge miss in my in my book. And some of the things that they're offering in just Sky Class that you don't get on Disney at twice the price point is just it's mind boggling to me. But. I guess with that, I want to segue us into a discussion around value for a second. I don't want to talk about costs. Cost is cost and people need to choose how they spend their dollar. But do you have a sense of... um, I don't think Royal always beats Disney, especially with the Icon and the new uh, Starship that's coming out, right? Uh, But do you have a sense of how competitive is Royal these days as against Disney? And if folks are looking to get maybe a bit of a deal over a Disney cruise, like where would you point them to? Like which kind of ships and sailing should they be looking at? I would say for my experience and my clients, you know, the thing that's appealing about Royal is it has a lower entry point. And we talked a little bit about this earlier. And it's, you know, you hear there's a deal and there's, you know, special pricing and... and Kids sail free. That's great. Kids Kids sail free and there's all of this. But once you start adding in the things that might bring you up to what you're getting for a Disney cruise, it's not quite as easy of a decision. It's, there's there's a lot more to consider. Yeah, and I think that's the point Tracy's sort of making. Like, you pay the base exactly. fare, but then you've got the add-ons on Royal. So, like, how close exactly. do you, you get? I like will for say, me, like I said, I'd rather pay everything ahead of time, even if, even if it's more than I might pay out of pocket, just to have because that feels like vacation to me. That's the luxury of vacation to me is to not have to worry about that. Mm. So I say I went I went through this process with this cruise in April and we're still coming out way ahead of where we would be with with Disney. So I I don't want to paint the picture because I think there's sometimes there's a picture of you book the base fare and then the add-ons just get you right to where Disney Cruise Line is. I think there are definitely situations where that happens, but I think there are also situations where that's not happening and you're getting kind of a much Absolutely. lower much lower price point cruise, similar itinerary, similar length, lots more activities to do on board. I think that's the other thing to calculate in is there's just a lot more going on on these ships than what you're going to find on Disney sometimes, I think. So there's, um, there's just, I mean, it's a different, there's a little bit of a different vibe, right? I mean, you on Disney, you're paying for that Disney affinity and you're paying for the opportunity to sail with, um, with Mickey and Minnie. And there's, there's value in that to a lot of us. 
you know, even when I don't have my kids, I love, you know, just sitting on the deck and watching Minnie go by. Like it just, you know, I love that. And I, I will pay for that. But, you know, there's, there's times where you say, okay, I want to try something new right. and maybe, you know, want to extend my vacation dollar a little differently. Um, and then there's times where, you know, Royal will be far more than Disney, depending on what you're looking at. So it really is a case by case, but there are a lot more promotions that happen with Royal Caribbean. The kids sell free, you know, it does not happen during peak times, but there's a lot of kids sell free dates. Um, and there's also, um, besides just the various promotions, we have access to a lot of group rates with Royal that Disney just doesn't offer. So hmm. there, there, you can't, we don't get group rates for suites or for, you know, sky class or star class, but for, you know, a lot of dates for balcony rooms or ocean view rooms, we, some, we can have group rates that are kind of these un, uh, unadvertised specials. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I did want resident you know, rates and senior citizen rates and you know depending on what state you live in there's a lot of different little ins and outs yeah now there's one yeah. thing i have to mention though i can't wear my ears on board a royal caribbean ship or people <laughs> are going to look at me funny so i just are you kidding that out there are, are you kidding because i wore my disney cruise line swim shirts like no I'm, no i'm, I'm not worried about wearing my disney... disney merch but not yeah, ears. yeah, like, yeah. exactly i will wear my disney cruise line like swag and i'll wear my dcl duo swag frankly but i do think the ears are a step beyond although i'm going to shout out to the nortons because you know that Catherine would be wearing her ears wherever she goes it does not matter yeah absolutely so, so i, I want to quickly cover two little two more things one is just uh there's a question here about how does royal caribbean handle gratuities i think much like disney cruise line you can have them included pre-sale i don't know if they i don't remember them handing out envelopes or anything on board for gratuities like Disney does, but do you, do you know how they handled if you don't get them included in your fare? They, they do add them on board. Um, there's not a little slips. In fact, one of my clients just was mentioning that to me, um, today that he misses that opportunity to have the little extra envelope. So instead was, you know, just considering, uh, you know, doing some more in real time gratuities, um, for certain situations, but, um, it's similar in that, you know, it's prepaid and or it'll get added to your onboard account if you don't choose to prepay it. Yeah. La- last question I want to sort of talk about for a second is just we talked about kind of the entry point, the price point. I think the other place where Royal, you know, gets a reputation is well, Carnival, especially right. It's a booze cruise. It's going to be all these crazy people, so much drinking. It's not going to be great for my family. C- can you two speak to my sense is it really depends on which ship, which departure port length of cruise like there's a lot of factors that go into whether or not you're going to land yourself into like a booze cruise situation uh you know so like a three night out of you know miami um may end up being more like that than a seven night out of port canaveral but do do you have a sense about sort of the vibe on board it's definitely so situational like you said depending on those factors um this recent cruise that we did on allure was a four night which was a shorter one um, I will say that we saw some things going on at the pool deck that I was like, oh, not on Disney. Uh, <laughs> you know, like there were maybe multiple smoking sections. I felt like there was always sort of smoke around. It just, it, there's a different vibe. Um, but again, this was a shorter sailing. It was like over a 
a holiday weekend, I think. So mm-hmm. people probably had a day off. And I think that it's so situational and, and hard to predict. It's so interesting to me because we would go to the nightclub and I'd be like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize there were all these partiers on board. Yeah. <laughs> then you go to, you know, then you go to Central Park and you feel like you're in a completely different space and it's so mm-hmm. quiet and peaceful and you're like, nobody's on this ship at all. So I think that that's one of the nice things about Royal is there's so many different spaces. Spaces. That, you know, you're going to find, you know, you're going to find your places. Um, and it's not like you're going to be like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, everywhere you turn on the pole dancers and, and chugging pots. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. That's, Nelly, vir- that that's virgin. That's virgin, right? Nelly that's a virgin. Contest, yeah. Yeah. I ran into the pole dancers on my first carnival cruise with my five-year-old daughter <laughs> 20 oh, years oh, ago. Dear. <laughs> wow. Oh, geez. Well, on All that right. note. <laughs> yeah. Well, Karen, let folks know where they can find you and Kaylee if they want to talk to the real Royal Caribbean experts and uh, book a fabulous cruise vacation or the Royal Virgin. Or Disney. Disney, or Disney, you name it. Yeah, we, they, they cover celebrity. it. So. Disney, is, Disney yeah. is still our heart. Um, you know, we can't wait. We can't wait to meet um, so many of the listeners and those patrons that you mentioned at the beginning of the show um, are going to be on the DCL Duo podcast cruise. Really, really excited to meet everybody in person. Then, so come, come join us there. That's where you'll find us on the June. The June nineteenth, um, <laughs> um, DCL do a podcast cruise. We're at mypathonwinding.com. Uh, we are, you know, all over Facebook. Um, we are. We have. What is it? It's D- mypathonwinding.com slash DCL duo. You got it. Yeah, um, that's right. We have we have a landing page just for that. Just let us know that you um, listen to DCL duo, and we just love having this connection with all of you. Well. Kaylee, Karen, thank you so, so much for taking time. We had 20 minutes over tonight, folks. We try to keep it to an hour, but there was so <laughs> much to cover. And we still didn't answer like and a ton of questions, by the so way. There's questions. a ton so of questions. questions. So sorry, Maybe we'll guys. find a way to get those answered in the group or offline. But thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come share your expertise with us. We really, really appreciate it. big thank you to all of you out there for listening this week. We really, really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. We'd also love it if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. If you hit those five stars, that's great. If you leave us a written review along with a five-star review, we will be sure to read it on the air at the end of one of our main episodes. If you're hovering over anything less than five stars, we really want you to reach out to us so we can take your feedback. Best way to do that, head to dclduo.com to find all the ways to connect with us. It links to our podcast, our vlog, our blog, has all the ways you can connect with us on social media, has our Etsy store where you can find our fun beach bags and magnets that we designed as enthusiasts of each of the Disney Cruise Line ships, has a link off to our Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, we really truly appreciate each and every one of our Patreons for helping to support the show each and every month, has a link off to our show sponsor, My Path Unwinding, where you can get more information about booking a fabulous vacation, which also really helps to support our show. All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402 402- 
413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney Company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night.